Welcome to Equipus Christchurch. Equipus Church is a whole lot of friends championing one another to go higher in Christ. For more details, check out our website at equipuschurch.com forward slash Christchurch. Yeah, being, being a parent is, this, I'm sure some of us will agree, it's a thankless job most times, uh, whether you're a dad or a mum. Generally a pretty thankless task. And, um, you know, as parents, we give up our money, our time, and we sacrifice our dreams for our kids. You know, parents have dreams too. We're not just old people. My kids will often say, Dad, did they have TV in the olden days? And I'll say, well, I don't know. Ask mom. <laughs> She's not in yet. <laughs> I asked this morning, I said, are you going to be in the service? <laughs> but I had a dream. I had a dream as a young man. And I'll show you this picture, and then I'll tell you what was going on. <laughs> so that was me at 24, okay? It's the only picture we could find, and it's a hard copy. You see nothing on social media. We're very clever like that. The kids from the 80s, you see, we keep it well hidden. So that was me at the age of 24. And I had a dream, and I loved to surf. I wanted to be a pro surf judge. So I was involved with surf judging at quite a high level, and uh, I wanted to be a professional surf judge. And I thought, man, that would be an awesome life. You could travel and you could see the world. And I had this long hair and I used to surf every day. And I had this little red Datsun ute uh, drive around and it permanently had my surfboard on the back. And my, my clients and my staff and everyone knew me by my long hair and my little red ute with, with a surfboard, you see. Because in the morning, I checked the surf report and that would be my priority for the day. See, where are the waves going to be? What's the wind doing? What time is the tide good? And then I'd pack my surfboard and my wetsuit in the car first, and then I'd pack the tools around that. <laughs> and I would dictate to where we're going to work as to what the waves are going to be like in the different parts of the city. So if the wind was a certain direction, we got outside the bay. If it was another direction, we got on that side of the bay. So my schedule was dictated to by where the waves and the wind and the tides and what they were doing, all right? So that, my dream was to be a surf judge. But then at the age of 27, when my wife fell pregnant with our first daughter, Layla, um, who's 13 now, uh, at that time, everything changed. So my priorities went from being all about myself and wanting to be the surf judge and surf all the time. I cut my hair. I took a surfboard out of the ute. I started to plan a schedule according to what was actually profitable for the business. <laughs> actually spent more than six hours at a time working. So, and everything changed. You see, what happens when you're given the responsibility as a parent of looking after another life? Everything changes for you. Your priorities change. You, you start to want to sacrifice your time and your money and your dreams for this little person who's been given to you. Because the consequences of not doing that are pretty drastic. And I I think, oh my word, if I don't look after this little girl, like, she could die, you know? So I need to make a good job of this. So that, that, and that's what happens in a young man. And that's what the guys are talking about. It's like when you have the first child, or you, you have your kid. Uh, young men, if you haven't had kids yet, you'll see the change happen in you. Um, other dads, you'll be able to tell them about the change that takes place. And I'm sure wives will testify to that. So relationships are all about give and take, all right? So it's giving and taking. The trick to having a good relationship is not taking more than you give. 
because you don't want to end up in overdraft. And I've got some people in my life sometimes that I think, man, your account is overdrawn. You probably need to pull it back a little bit. <laughs> so it's all about give and take, right? So we don't want to end up in overdraft. We want to be giving more than what we're taking. And sometimes when you extend credit and you don't do a proper credit check, you end up with unauthorized transactions, which is a big problem. All right? So you don't want to have unauthorized transactions in your life. Speaking of those, I'll tell you the story of the prodigal son. Does anyone know who the prodigal son was? Okay, awesome. So the prodigal son, you'll find the story in Luke 15, verses 11 to 24. So the word prodigal, we don't use it much these days, but what it actually means is that it's wasteful living. So he, he, was a, he spent his money on wild living, wild, wild woman and, and wild living, and that's, that's the way he spent his inheritance. Okay? So... Uh, in Hebrew culture, this story is actually, funny enough, it's not referred to as the prodigal son. So the son is not so much the focus of the story, but more the father. In fact, they call the story in Hebrew culture the loving father, not the prodigal son. So the focus is more on the dad than it is on the boy. All right, so I'll read this to you. To illustrate the point further, Jesus told him the story. A man had two sons. The youngest son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. So his father agreed to divide the wealth between his two sons. A few days later, his youngest son packed up all his belongings and moved to a distant land. And there he wasted all his money in wild living. About the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him, and the man sent him into the fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs began to look good to him, but no one gave him anything. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, at home even the hired servants have enough food to spare, and here I am, dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against you, both you and heaven, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. So he returned home to his father. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His, his son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to the servants, Quick, bring the finest robe in the house. Put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet. Kill the fatted calf, and we must celebrate and have a feast. For this son of mine was dead and has now returned to life. He was lost, but now is found. And so the party began. So I'll, I love to contextualize things and just to give you a better picture, because I, I like to think in pictures sometimes about these things. So... You can imagine, that, so what this boy did was he, he went to his dad and he said, Dad, I want what's mine. Now, in that culture, you quite well, you, so if you had a firstborn son, he inherited the full inheritance. He got the, whole, he got the whole estate. If you had two sons, the oldest son would get two-thirds and the youngest son would get a third. So what actually, and this was only payable on death of the father. But the youngest son went to the father and probably in a little bit of a rebellious phase of life says, Dad, I, I want my inheritance now. Um, you know, the father thinking, oh, he probably wants to start a business or make a good investment. But no, he wanted to move out and go and do some. So he packs up all his stuff and he moves down to this, moves out. It doesn't tell us where, but they, they expect it might have been a place called the, the Gerasenes. 
which is a lakeside village, okay? So he, he moves down to the Gerasenes and he rents out a, a bachelor pad and gets himself the finest donkey that the inheritance could buy and, and he invites the locals over and they mostly consist of pig farmers and a demoniac, but he's got multiple personalities so they have some ripper parties and, <laughs> they, and they only eat the very best organic oil, uh, olive oil, they have the very best sushi and fish out of the lake. They drink the new wine and they, they party it up. And he becomes a celebrity, but like a, an A-lister in the Scaracenes area, right? Because he's got all the money, he's got the parties, and everything's going good. But then he starts to run out of money, and suddenly the parties dry up. And as the parties dry up, so do the friends. And when the friends dry up, the, everything else dries up as well. And eventually he's got no food, no home, nowhere to stay. And he looks around and he's like, well, I better go and find a job. And all these around is pig farmers. So he's like, oh, I'll go get a job at the pig farmer. So he goes over to the pig farmer and um, gets a job and he starts working. And, and through all of this, eventually he comes to his senses and he, and he goes home and he reunites with his dad. Okay, so that's the picture that we're talking about here. All right, so there's a few points that I want to pull out of this. And it, it's really just phases of a relationship that, that we can identify. So in relationships, there, there are kind of three phases, all right? So the first phase is the freedom phase, all right? The prodigal son it was a bit rebellious in his heart, and, you know, he, he wants his freedom. He wants to break out, get away from home, experience life, have an OE, even if it's just down the road. But he wants to experience the freedom, all right, so the father, even though this is painful, even though he comes to, when he, when he would have said to his dad, dad, I, I want my inheritance, it's, it's the same as saying to him, dad, I wish you were dead. I'd rather have your money and your stuff and, and have what's mine now and live apart from you than, than be in your house any longer. And it would have been painful for that dad. You know, it would have been hurtful for him because all he wanted was to have a relationship with his boys. Probably just to train them up, have them take over the family business one day, and to be in relationship. Because relationship is God's idea for us. It, that God would be with us, and that we would be with each other, and that we would enjoy each other. So that's the Father's idea. And, and the Father, having walked the journey, knows that relationships are what's most important. But because He loves His Son, and He wants Him to experience life, and, and truly, to be honest, there's really no relationship outside of freedom. And the father knows this. And even though it's a painful thing, he says to him, all right, I'll give to you what's yours. And he gives him the inheritance and he releases his son to go off. But you see, relationships, if the father had said, no, I'm not giving you what's yours, the son would have been trapped as a slave because in his mind, he was already a slave. So sometimes as a dad, we've got to do a hard thing. When the kid asks to do something that you know is not the right thing, if it's a safe environment, it's sometimes a good idea to just allow them to experience the consequences of that decision. Now, I'm not saying don't put your four-year-old in your ute and let them drive down to the supermarket. <laughs> I'll just put that in as a disclaimer. Or let your six-year-old son operate your circular saw. You know, that's not the kind of thing I'm talking about. If it's a safe environment, sometimes it's a good idea to just allow a little freedom. Because out of that freedom comes relationship. So anyway, the boy, the boy takes off and he goes down the road. You see, really what he wanted to do was just get as much as he could from his dad and get as far away from his family so that there were no prying eyes and he could indulge and enjoy his stuff. 
That's what he wanted to do. Now, we had a, a child in our family, one of the daughters, and she will remain nameless, who used to, at the age of three, sneak into the cupboard and help herself to as much lollies as she could. And we'd be sitting in the lounge, and we'd see her bolt across the, the hallway, and she'd dive and run and hide under her bed and stuff as many lollies in her mouth as she could before we catch her, like a drug addict trying to get rid of the evidence. <laughs> And we drag her out under the bed and say, no, what are you doing? Come and sit in the lounge and enjoy it with us. You see, God wants sons and daughters. He doesn't want slaves. And the same with us as fathers. We don't want to be command givers. We want our children to want to serve us. You allow them to make mistakes. You see, everybody makes mistakes. We all make mistakes. As, um, as I was saying when I was talking to, to Pat, that we all make mistakes. And when we make a mistake, we call it sin. The Bible calls it sin. So it's when you, when you explore your freedom, and sometimes in doing that, you actually you hurt the other person. You know, you say something that's, you don't mean it as hurtful, but it, to them it's hurtful. And it breaks the relationship. But you see, unless that person is free to actually experience that freedom, you really don't have a very strong relationship. As I always say, you don't have a good friend until you've had at least one good disagreement. You, you don't know what your relationship's going to look like until you've disagreed on something, until you've both indulged in that freedom of what will this relationship look like when I actually say, I don't agree with you about the team that you support. I don't agree with you about the way that you want to raise kids. So it's, it's on the other side of that conflict, on, on the other side of that freedom that we actually discover how real and what the substance of that relationship really is. And that translates to our relationship with God. Now, I'm not saying we go out there and sin as much as we can and do as much wrong stuff so that we can test the relationship. But I'm saying when we do mess up, you've got to know that there's forgiveness for you. And because of that forgiveness, we have freedom. If there was no forgiveness, we wouldn't have freedom. And if we didn't have freedom, we wouldn't have a real relationship with God. All right, so you see where I'm heading with this? So forgiveness, all right? Forgiveness is a really important part of life. I'll share this quote with you. I love this. Things it's Father's Day. I thought it was a real manly quote. <laughs> it was a quote by Bruce Lee. Mistakes are always forgivable if one has the courage to admit them. I didn't say it. Bruce Lee did. <laughs> it's a cool quote. I love it. Yeah, it, it takes courage. It takes courage to own something, men. It takes courage to own up to making a mistake. It's okay to take liberty. It's okay to take freedom. But hand in hand with that freedom goes the willingness to, to own up if we make a mistake, right? You see, the son had to be humiliated before he could be elevated. All right, so he had to hit rock bottom before he could be lifted up. And, and he sure did he rock bottom. As far as a, as a young Jewish boy would go, being in exile, away from his people, they were all about community people, uh, about community. Uh, he worked for a pagan boss. He was a pig farmer. That was like the lowest of the low profession for a young Jewish man. He had no food. He had no friends. Sounds a bit like my life when I first came to New Zealand. <laughs> oh, thank goodness I made lots of good friends now. And he thinks about returning as a slave. He thinks, well, my only alternative is to go back to my dad and just, maybe I was wrong. Maybe I messed up. Maybe I should just go. My oldest brother's a slave. 
I'll just go back to being a slave like he was. Because the oldest brother didn't, he never did put a foot out of line. He did everything right. But the motive wasn't to, to have a better relationship with dad. He did what he needed to do on the surface so that he could get what he wanted behind the scenes. And later on, that's why he kicks up such a fuss. But you see, the youngest son realizes, and he says, man, I'd rather be a slave in my father's house than be in this position that I am now. You see, the father wants a true son. He doesn't want a slave. He doesn't want him to be in slavery. He wants him to experience freedom. And he wants him to experience the forgiveness. So what I'm saying to you is when we mess up, and we all do, just own it, men. You know, how do you say sorry to your, to your spouse? How do you say sorry to your kids? Just say sorry. You know, they know you've messed up already. You're not hiding anything. Really, kids are so forgiving. You know, kids are so forgiving. When you mess up, they know long before you know that you made a mistake. They just want to make sure that you know. They just want to make sure that you understand what you did wrong. And they will gladly forgive you. They're so merciful. All right, so own it. Own it. You see, God doesn't expect perfection from us. He doesn't. All he expects is honesty and a willingness of heart to own up to the mistakes and the things we've done wrong and to get up and to try again. So the second thing, forgiveness. And that leads us to the most important part, which is really enjoyment. And that's the purpose of most relationships is enjoyment. Now, if you're a young parent, you're probably going to shout me down on this point and you'll disagree with me when you're knee-deep in poo and you haven't slept for months. I'm not saying there's no cost. Okay, there is a cost, but the purpose of a relationship with your children is enjoyment, for you to enjoy them and for them to enjoy you. So you make a decision in your mind, they're a blessing, and I will enjoy them. It's just the way we are to God. We are a blessing to God, and He enjoys us, and He wants us to enjoy Him. So I'll tell you what, that investment, the first time your child comes to you and they put their arms around you, and they say, Mom or Dad, I love you, just out of their own. Man, it makes all those months of investment worth it, I promise you. So the father was waiting, and he was watching for his son to come back. And as his son came back, and he ran to him, and he welcomes him with an open heart. And that's what God's doing with us, is he's waiting, and he's watching. All right. Somebody shared this quote with me, and, I, and I'll close with this. I said I'm not going to preach long. With, with your children, parents, dads, moms, you know, we get so busy in life, and it's so easy to get into project mode and to work and get things done. And somebody said this to me. They said, they're only little for a little while. Enjoy them. You know, they, they grow up so fast. Just enjoy your kids. You've got that, those few years when they're small to enjoy them. Make the most of it. Enjoy them. Allow them to enjoy you. Allow them to see you weak. Allow them to see you vulnerable. You don't have to have it together all the time. All right? There's a lot of power in being vulnerable. Let them enjoy the best of you. Not stuck behind a screen or a desk all the time. Allow them to enjoy the best of you. Tonight, or this morning, there's some of us that are living like slaves. And there's some of us that might be living like the rebellious son. Some of us are slaves. Some of us are rebels. But God wants sons. He doesn't want slaves. He doesn't want rebels. He wants us to be in a loving, whole, healthy relationship with us. 
You see, the father, when he released that boy, when he released him, he said, you can go. And he would have been within his right to actually put him to death. According to Deuteronomy, if you dishonor your parents, you could be stoned or at very least disinherited. But he doesn't because he's the loving father. And what he does is he releases the boy knowing what's going to happen, knowing it's going to be hard. It hurt him. It would have wounded the father. But he releases a selfish, spoiled slave, and he gains a son. When that boy came back, he, because he'd been forgiven so much, he was able to reciprocate the father's love. Because he had experienced the freedom that the father had given him and the forgiveness for all the mistakes that he'd made because of the freedom, he was now able to come to a place where he could enjoy the relationship with his dad. Are you with me this morning? Yes. Matthew 6 verse 33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. The kingdom is a place where God reigns and rules and where we have a relationship with him. It's not a place where he rules with an iron scepter, but it's a place where we feel loved. It's a place where we feel at home. And that's what he wants for us this morning. That's what God has, has set in motion for us by giving us the freedom to choose him, by sending his son so we could have forgiveness so that we can ultimately enjoy one another forever. And that, in a nutshell, is what that story means and is exactly what God has set in motion for our lives and for the way that we should parent our children. Okay, that is the way we approach God with freedom, knowing there's forgiveness, able to enjoy Him. That's the way we should manage our families and our homes, men, women. Allow our children the freedom to explore, to make mistakes, to not necessarily agree with us. When they mess up, we forgive them. They forgive us. We ask God to forgive us. As many times as you can say sorry, God will say, it's okay, you can go again. As many times. He's long-suffering. But He wants us to enjoy Him. That's the ultimate destination, is to get to a place where we enjoy God where we enjoy Him, enjoy His Spirit, enjoy one another. And that can only come about when we have those other two phases of the journey in place. So this morning, maybe you haven't, you haven't experienced God. You haven't experienced that enjoyment. We've got to look to the center of that journey. And that center of the journey is the forgiveness part. Maybe you're living under what feels like a slave where you need to do stuff right all the time. Where you feel like, man, can I just do enough right stuff to, to be okay? I say to you this morning, no, you can't. But there is someone who can. And I'm gonna introduce you to him if you don't know him. And if you do know him, I'm gonna remind you. And his name is Jesus. And God sent him to get our attention, to say, man, if you wanted to, this isn't in my notes, this just came to me now. If you wanted to get if you wanted to get someone's attention, what is the best way to tell them, man, I love you? Give your life for them. Or give that that's the most important. And that's what God did. He said, How do I get these people's attention? I'll take the most precious thing to me. I'll take my only son. I'll send him from heaven to earth 
to die on the cross for them, just to get their attention, to say, I love you. Wake up. And that's what he did. So this morning, I'm saying to you, wake up. God has sent a love letter from heaven for you, and his name is Jesus Christ. He sent his only son so that you may know him, so that you can know that he is good and that he forgives and that he wants you to enjoy him. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Check out our website at equipuschurch.com forward slash Christchurch.